Today is Tuesday, May 24th. The title for our devotional is Humility. Yesterday we opened up the week by looking by talking about our pride as the completely anti-God state of mind and kind of the underlying vice that causes all of our other vices, as C.S. Lewis says. Today let's talk about the Christian antidote to pride, that is, humility. Again, let's read Philippians 2, 3, and 4. Paul says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. This humility is a commonly misunderstood virtue in the Christian life. Christians often struggle with it as they perceive humility as being, uh, quote-unquote, a doormat, or allowing others to walk all over them. There, of course, is an element to that in humility. That's kind of what Jesus did by allowing the Jewish religious leaders and the Romans to kill him, if we're being honest with ourselves. But humility is more than that. Again, C.S. Lewis here says it well uh, in Mere Christianity. He writes, Do not imagine that if you meet a really humble man that he will be what most people call humble nowadays. He will not be a sort of greasy, smarmy person who is always telling you that, of course, he is nobody. Probably all you will think about him is that he seems a cheerful, intelligent chap who took a real interest in what you said to him. If you do dislike him, it will be because you feel a little envious of anyone who seems to enjoy life so easily. He will not be thinking about humility. He will not be thinking about himself at all. If anyone would like to acquire humility, I can, I think, tell him the first step. The first step is to realize that one is proud, and a biggish step too. At least, nothing whatever can be done before it. If you think you are not conceited, it means you are very conceited indeed. I love the <laughs> little quaint British charm of that quote. In The Purpose Driven Life, Rick Warren summarizes this by saying, humility is not thinking less of yourself, it is thinking of yourself less. In the terminology we are using in this campaign, humility is pursuing what benefits others. So the secret to humility is not thinking about how humble you are. Indeed, that is merely another form of pride. The secret of humility is genuine concern for others. This means taking interest in what they're saying. This means genuinely wondering about their life, the struggles they're facing, what makes them tick, etc. It's simply thinking about others more. This concept often gets lost in our world of self-care and personal awareness. We spend copious amounts of time doing personality surveys and being aware of our mental and emotional states. We celebrate individuals who have learned to take care of their personal, physical, and mental health over and against what their career or job may demand of them. Thinking of Simone Biles in the Olympics this past summer. To be clear, I think personal awareness and self-care are good and incredibly important and often overlooked, especially in the evangelical church. But they are not the ends in themselves. They are the means to the proper ends. We know ourselves and care for ourselves so that we may better worship God and love others. That's a huge distinction. In secular spaces in our culture, they have made self-care and self-awareness the ends in themselves and failed to see the deeper purpose of loving God and others. Remember the quote from St. Augustine that we began this campaign with, How can you draw close to God when you are far from your own self? Grant, Lord, that I may know myself, that I may know thee. The purpose of knowing myself, in the quote from Augustine, is that I may know God. It is not solely the end to know myself. For additional content, again, we turn to C.S. Lewis on this topic, uh, this time to his witty yet deeply profound book, The Screwtape Letters. 
This book is a series of conversations between two demons, Uncle Screwtape and his nephew Wormwood. And in it, Uncle Screwtape is teaching his young apprentice how to deceive his patient, that is his human, to continue on in his sin. So it's written from a flip reverse perspective, right? He writes, uh, your patient has become humble. Have you drawn his attention to the fact? All virtues are less formidable to us once the man is aware that he has them. But this is especially true of humility. Catch him at the moment when he is really poor in spirit and smuggle into his mind the gratifying reflection, by Jove, I'm being humble. And almost immediately pride, pride at his own humility, will appear. If he awakes to the danger and tries to smother his new form of pride, make him proud of his attempt, and so on, through as many stages as you please. But don't try this too long, for fear you may awake his sense of humor and proportion, in which case he will merely laugh at you and go to bed. <laughs> Again, I love the witty charm with which he writes, and yet the profound nature of it, that our humility, if we're proud of our own humility, just becomes another form of pride quite quickly. So the key to being a humble person is not to think of how humble you are. It is instead to simply think about worshiping God and loving others more. Take inventory of your day-to-day for reflection time and your thought life. How much time do you spend thinking about God and others? How much time do you spend thinking about yourself and your own needs? This isn't a one-size-fits-all answer. Some of you may find that you've been thinking about others too much and need to practice some self-care so that you have your best to give to God and others. Some of you may find that you've only been thinking about yourself and need to give more of yourself to God and others. Allow the Spirit of God to lead you to what you need to hear from Him today.